right. So, there we go. How you guys doing? Good. You enjoying this uh, sunshine and warm weather? How many of you guys actually went outside and, like, did something, didn't sit in the house? This is good. I actually had to stay in the house. I never got to do anything fun, so feel sorry for me. Yeah. Yep. I know, sometimes you just don't get a chance to really enjoy it. It's one of those things. But you know the days are coming. They're coming. They're going to be here soon that we're going to have this warm, warm weather, and then we're all going to, like, you know, you guys will be complaining it's hot. I won't because I don't complain when it's hot. I don't care if it's, like, 90-some degrees and my, I'm melting. I love it. It doesn't bother me a bit because anything's better than cold. Anything's better than freezing. Anything's better than cleaning your car windows. How many of you guys drive and have to clean your car windows before you leave in the morning? Not fun. Having to scrape your car windows? Horrible. Horrible. That alone makes you want spring, just to have to do that. So, yeah, exactly. Not good. All right. So, anyways, welcome. Really nice to see you. Welcome back, Rebecca. It's nice to see you. Yes. So nice to see you and uh, have you back. And uh, it's nice to have uh, you guys... um, back that are visiting. Always nice to see you. So anyway, do you guys remember what I talked about last week? Do you guys remember the cheer? U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you're ugly. A-A, you're ugly. Exactly. What did that mean? Selfishness. Selfishness is ugliness in the eyes of God. Doesn't appreciate selfishness one single bit because we know that we're supposed to follow who? The king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he was what? Nothing but selfless. He was not a selfish God. He was a selfless God. He gave himself uh, willingly, died on the cross for each one of our sins. So we understand that if we're going to follow him, we're going to emulate him, we are going to look more and more like him. So we're going to have to get rid of selfishness. We're going to have to get this mindset of being selfless. So anyway talked about um, last week about the selfishness, and I kind of ended up with my message with the fruits of the Spirit. And I kind of went through and I read what some of those things were and explained to you some scripture references and everything that um, what the fruits of the spirits do is they produce in our lives what, what is we're supposed to produce in our lives when we don't allow the sinful nature that's inside of us to lead us, but we instead allow the Holy Spirit to take the reins. And I, I, I kind of like reminded you, told you what they were. I kind of read them off. I said, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So those are the actual fruits of the Spirit that we're supposed to be developing over time. The more we grow in our faith, the more we follow after God, you know, this is what's going to take place. It's going to naturally take place. So um, they have everything to do with the two most important commandments that Jesus spoke about and I've been teaching you about. The two most important ones is, one, love the God, Lord your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving your others, loving others as you love yourself. So those are the two things that we're supposed to basically be hinged on all the time. And uh, if you look at the fruits of the Spirit, you can see that some of those things have more to do with our relationship with God and others, and some of the others have more relationship um, to do with, uh, you know, that aspect of, like, the the vertical and the horizontal part of the cross. You know, what those things have to do with is what's going to develop as we talk to people and, and what's going to uh, have happen when it's 
God the Father and we're really putting him first. Uh, the end of the list, though, is that self-control. Kind of different. Kind of odd when you read through. Let me read, read them through you again. You see if you notice. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Sounds a little bit odd, doesn't it? Kind of doesn't really like flow with the others. If you start reading them, they all kind of like flow along, and then all of a sudden you kind of end with this self-control. Seems a little jarring, a little odd, a little different. And uh, I do think it's a little odd and different because it's, like I said, it has a different focus. It's not so much about God the Father. It's not so much about others. It has everything to do with us. Everything that points back to us and how we're going to uh, relate and how we're going to live our lives and how we're going to interact with, uh, with, um, you know, our, with God himself. So self-control. Obviously, it's something that we have to deal with publicly. You know, when other people are around, you might be in a situation where you really feel like you have to control yourself around others. But it's also something that's very, very private, something that's really personal in our lives. We're going to have uh, issues sometimes where we're uh, in a situation where there's people miles and miles away from us and we're going to have to deal with issues of self-control, how we're going to handle a situation. And uh, sometimes when we're all alone, that's when it really hits the most, when you have this issue of self-control. And uh, self-control is pretty simple when you think about it because it's like self-control controlling yourself. Not hard. It's not hard to figure out. Um, so, controlling yourself or self-control. At the root of, again, self. I told you, what does God say all the time? It's always about ourself. It's to bring things back. He wants us to really be self-reflective. Look at ourselves. See what we're thinking about ourselves. See if we're looking at ourselves in the mirror. He says, look at ourselves in the mirror and see what it is that we've got going and see how we're growing, if we're starting to look more like him, if we're really starting to, you know, be act and, and act like more like the world. So we've been talking for some, quite some time about self and mentioning those things. And like I said, tonight we're really going to focus on self-control. And uh, the Greek word for self-control comes from the root word meaning to grip or take hold of. So when you talk about taking hold of something, controlling yourself, um, that's what self-control is. It's taking hold of your thoughts, your actions, and, and making a conscious choice to ch- start to choose better things for yourself. It's not just going with the flow, not just doing things what everybody else is doing. It's not doing things just because your friends are doing it, but it's doing things in a different way because you're taking control of your life and you're making a better choice for yourself. You know, I've, I've been reading a lot of books on John Maxwell about leadership. And I'm kind of like a John Maxwell uh, junkie. I love reading his books. Actually, um, our t- leadership team went through and we did um, a whole study on John Maxwell, t- talking about like being a really good leader and, and how we should like act and emulate you know, other leaders and how we really need to grow. So I love these books on leadership. And there's a book that he has out. I read it too. We didn't do it in the, uh, with the team, but it's Developing the Leader Within You. And he mentioned some really interesting things about self-control and about leadership. And he makes the point that all great leaders should understand that their number one responsibility in life is their very own discipline and personal growth. They need to understand that you have to work on yourself because it is just a statement that's so absolute true that you cannot lead others if you cannot lead yourself. You have to be a person that has some self-control. You have to be a person that knows what you're doing, what your plan is for your life before you ever can speak into someone else's life and tell them what's right. You can't leads people if you don't have your own life together you can't do it so you know a lot of times you can be your own worst enemy you may have a great intentions to do great things but you're going to be your own worst enemy in a lot of things because your life isn't going to match up to what you're telling people 
And there's an old saying that says if you could kick the person responsible for most of your troubles, you wouldn't be able to sit down for weeks. And I know that's myself. I'm going to tell you the, the biggest struggles I've had in my life are my own personal battles that I've had to fight with. You know, my own personal choices sometimes of discipline, sometimes of self-control, and, and doing things like when I should do them, when I shouldn't do them, and, you know, that whole aspect of our life. So we a lot of times have ourselves to blame for the biggest problems in our life. It's self-control that we need to take hold of. Uh, for most of us, we probably know what our problems are. We know the things that we struggle with the most, and we can recognize our own failures and our flaws and our struggles, and... Uh, I think we know better than other people. I'm sure each one of you, if you've ever had somebody come up to you and say what your flaw is, it's not a big surprise to you. You're not just like, wow, really? I mean, unless you're really, really dense, more than likely you probably have an inkling of what they're going to tell you. If they tell you you're lazy, you're going to know that you were lazy. They tell you that you're selfish, you're probably going to know deep down that you're somewhat selfish. You know, unless you're completely living in a, in a box, you're going to know what people are telling you. It's some, some part of you is going to register. Something's going to connect. You're going to be like, yeah, that's true. I am a little bit of that. So you're going you're to have something. You're going to be aware of it. And the thing is, you're going to struggle with these things over and over and over again unless you master them. You take control of these things in your life. You know, the problem is with a lot of people is they make the same mistake over and over and over again. And it's sad because if you look at that, they actually say that's a definition of insanity is to do something over and over and over again in the same way and, and expect a different result. So, you know, it's just an insane life to constantly keep doing the same things and never have anything different happen out of it. Proverbs 25 says that a man without self-control is as defenseless as a city with broken down walls. Now, I don't know if you remember some weeks back, I taught, I taught it's, it's been a while, I think it was the end of the last year, when I taught you, uh, taught you about Nehemiah, and I had a couple people say, you know, I talked about being a good man of God. And I told the girls, I said, you know, I'm talking to you guys too, obviously. This isn't just men. But, uh, you know, it's just an attitude of fighting the battle, warrior battle, and, and really taking hold of something and, and really wanting something to succeed so much that you're going to be willing to fight for it and battle for it. And Nehemiah was that. Man, he fought tooth and nail just to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. And the reason why he did it is because he understood that if the walls weren't built, that they were going to be vulnerable to attack. That someone's going to come by, they're going to easily get hold of, uh, you know, making them, you know, be destroyed if there's not a wall there to protect and guard them. So I want you to understand that you need to think of self-control as your walls. You know, like your own little personal Jerusalem and your walls around you is your self-control. What you allow in, what you allow to be just beat down and destroyed is what's going to end up being your destruction and your, your problem, your fall. So you have to understand that self-control is extremely important in God's eyes because your self-control is like your, self, your first defense. You know, it's that first barrier that's out there. So it's like a, kind of like a guardrail. If you look at a car that's traveling around, you know, going down a hill over, you know, and big turns around there, going faster and faster, the only thing sometimes that's going to keep that thing on the road is the guardrail. Your self-control is like a guardrail. It's going to hold you tight. It's not going to let you fall victim. You're not going to go off the trail. You're not going to end up in a ditch because you're going to have self-control. So self-control is so important. And a lot of you don't understand how important it is. Um, if it wasn't important, 
obviously wouldn't be mentioned in Peter, uh, 1 Peter 5.8 where it says to be so self-controlled and alert because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, I want you to understand something. You all might be told many, many things in uh, school and by friends that think they know everything. And uh, they'll tell you that the devil ain't real. Satan's not real. Hell's not real. All these other things aren't real. They are real. For one thing, the Bible talks about hell way more than it even talks about heaven. Jesus talks more about hell way more. So obviously it's something real. We all know if there's good, there has to be evil. There has to be this balance that takes place. So we understand that there is something that's going to be out there trying to say, all you have to do is look at the world. All you have to look at the world and the people in it, and you see that the world is a messed up place. It is controlled and messed up by the, by the enemy and the devil. So understand, though, that as much as self-control is important, you have to understand that self-control is much, much different than self-discipline. They're completely different things. People have this mind and this idea thinking that, oh, I just have to discipline myself. I have to straighten things. I just got to make a better choice. I got to do this. There's so much more to it than just that. Self-discipline is not as much as self-control is. Self-discipline is motivated to just achieve a goal, just to make a change, just to do that. But actually what self-control is, it's a motivation that's put in your heart by God. It's something because you love God that you want to make a choice. It's not just because you want to please yourself. It's because you actually care whether or not your God is pleased with you. There's a difference. There's a difference that takes place. See, the thing is, we a lot of times walk around and we think that we have to please people. You know, we have to make our friends happy. Well, you know, I do this because my friends, I, I don't want to upset them. Or, you know, I do this because I, my, my parents will get mad at me. I'll be grounded. I'll lose my, you know, opportunity to take the car. I won't get money given to me this week. All these different things. You do it because you think it's what you need to do. And it's self-motivated. It's actually very selfishly motivated. Still, the reason why you're doing something is because you think you're going to get something out of it. Self-control is going to be because you just love God and you're not going to get anything from it. The only thing you're going to get from it is really just the fact that you pleased your Father in heaven. Now, I don't understand. I don't expect any of you out there, if you don't have a relationship with God, that you even understand a bit what I'm saying because you're not going to get me. You're not going to have a clue what I'm talking about because the fact is that you don't understand who God is. You don't understand that God created you. You don't understand that you upset him, that you anger him, that you frustrate him, that you are, he makes, he's sad by the fact that you don't get it. Because he did create you, and it's up to you whether or not you deny him or not. So, I mean, I don't expect you to understand what I'm talking about. You're probably going to sit here and just ignore me, blow me off. Happens all the time. Your choice. I do my job. You guys do yours. But the thing is, you know what? You're going to understand if self-control is important. If you're going to get the fact that God is important in your life, you're going to understand that self-control is something very necessary for you. And you're not going to just do something because you think you're pleasing a person. I might love my husband or love my kids, but I don't do the things for God to please them. I do it because I know it's necessary for me, and I know it pleases my Father in heaven. makes all the difference in the world. Completely different motivation. Again, selfish and selfless. How many of you guys out there know right off the bat that there are things in your life that you need to change? You know there's something. There's things that you need to change. All of us, really, we're prideful if we think that there's something that we don't have to change. I know there's many things that I need to change about myself. Lots of things. 
I'm definitely not what I'm supposed to be. You know, there's, there's a scripture, I always say it's my favorite absolute scripture in the Bible, and it's, it's of course, Paul, Philippians 3.12, when he says, you know, for I've not achieved these things or reached perfection, but I keep working for and striving for, you know, all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be someday. You know, it's, I'm not going to be it now, but my hope and my prayer is that someday I'm going to be that. But right now I am flawed. I need more self-control. There's things I don't do when I should do them. There's things that I shouldn't do, and I do them. And no matter how much I love God, I still make those stupid choices and stupid decisions sometimes. You know, the thing is, there's many self-help books. How many of you guys have ever gone to a bookstore and seen the rows and rows of self-help books? Man, there's a dime, they're a dime in a dozen. They're, they're everywhere. You know, you can go and learn about dieting. There's a billion books on dieting, because we all know that's the problem out there, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, are... are Weight, obviously people are always fighting to, to lose weight. And then there's, uh, you know, obviously everybody's out there trying to make money. So everything that you can possibly do to make money, to become a millionaire, you know, all these different things. There's all these things about self-help. We all know with like the, you know, economy, everybody's all worried about that, wanting to know more things, what they can do to help themselves. So there's a lot of self-help, self-discipline books out there. But... Uh, like I said, it's a different thing that we need to look at. It can't just be about what we think we need to do, like, you know, one plus one equals two. It's not going to be that way to make it work. Richard Foster, who wrote Celebration of Discipline, he's quoted as saying, our method of dealing with sin is to launch an attack, but then we only rely on our own strength and determination, and it's never going to be enough. Our own strength and determination will never be enough. It has to be bathed in prayer. It has to be put before God. We have to ask God for help for self-control. It has to be that or it's not going to work. So self-control is much deeper than self-discipline. It's basic, like I said, it, it comes out of the fact that we love God and we want to please him because he created us. And it can only really be done with the Holy Spirit's help. So the thing is with salvation, it really truly is, it's the starting point. It's not the finishing line. You know, when I explain to you what salvation is, that Jesus died on the cross for you, a selfless act, because he loved you and he created you and he wanted you to be made pure in his eyes that he actually could reach heaven this was his his selfless act but the thing is you know he, he he did this wonderful thing but the problem is that after that he says that we can ask for a special gift we can ask for the holy spirit we can ask for the holy spirit of, of to come into our heart to be with us to help us and the more we seek after god the more we grow in that the more help we're going to have to have self-control it's not going to be done on just our own self-help and, and our own ways. It's going to be led through the Holy Spirit. That's why he mentions there's fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit. So it's this battle. It's this battle that's going to take place. And it is a big-time battle. It's, it's, it's huge. You know, like I've said many times, there's so many people that will say to you all the time that um, accepting Jesus is, is just so easy. It's so great. And I told you many times, don't lie to anybody. It is great, but you know what? It's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. There's times where, honestly, you just want to go up to people and just say, say you get it. <laughs> you don't. I know you don't, but you get it. You're going to go to hell. If you die tonight, you're going to hell. And that's it. You may think it isn't true, but just because you don't believe it isn't true doesn't make it so. You know, I could go outside and say that the sky's not blue and it could be a beautiful blue day, and just because I believe that doesn't make it you know, a different color. It's, it's people don't understand the truth. 
So this is a, a real true battle that's going to take place, and it is a real fight. And like I said, sometimes we don't be all that we're supposed to be. We don't live in self-control like we're supposed to be. And I told you, I don't. You're not going to, no matter how much you say that you believe in God, you're not going to do everything perfect, but you have to ask God for help. Paul tells of uh, the fight in Romans seven eighteen through 20. He says, but I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. He's talking about the Holy Spirit here. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in action. Some, something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. You know, sometimes it really is all you can take and all you can do to do the right thing. You may know better. You may think, wow, I shouldn't do this, and you'll want to do the same thing. It's going to be a tough battle. But it all starts with a decision. It has to start with something. I want you to think about self-control. Think about those barriers, those walls, those guardrails in your life. Like I said, think about it that way. What is it that you're struggling with? What is it that you've become a slave to? Because the thing is with Christ, he says it's a free life. It's something you accept and you, you get freedom out of following Christ. But see, the thing is we constantly fight and battle these things that we're slave to. Some of you guys, I'm sure, out there struggle with food. It could be that you eat a lot of food. Or it could be the fact that you don't eat any food because food is an uh, obsession to you. You know, girls, you grew up with thinking that you have to be a certain size. You have to be just right, perfect, pretty, everything just like that because the guy's not going to look at you unless it's just, just right. So food becomes an obsession. Food becomes a control issue, whether you eat or you don't. I mean, there's girls all the time that are out there binge eating and then throwing up. I mean, they're, they're doing it all the time, thinking that they're, you know, it's to look the perfect part. How many people out there that live and breathe for money? It's all about money. It's all about making the Benjamins, you know. It's, it's all big, big money. You know, got to have the best car, got to have the best house, got to have everything. You know, you got to have a great job. Lust, sex. You know how many young people it says that they start out most most 11-year-olds have already seen hardcore pornography. A lot of innocence taken away. A lot of people get really wrapped up. Their self-control, they have no self-control. They get on a computer and immediately go immediately to a site that they shouldn't go to because they have no self-control. Drinking, alcohol, all your friends are doing it. So it's like, you know, I sit there and tell myself, I'm not going to drink. I don't want to drink. I'm not going to do this. You get around a bunch of people that are drinking and all of a sudden... Hey, you want one? Yeah, I'll have one. It's no big deal. Self-control is an issue. Fear. I know there's a lot of people out there that are filled with fear. You guys are just bombarded with fear. I think this is one of the biggest culture things that we have. So many people I talk to that sit there and talk about they're so afraid all the time. They're afraid of dying. They're afraid of the dark. They're afraid of this. They're afraid of that. They're afraid of being alone. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid that they're not going to get in the best college. They're not going to get the best job, that their parents are going to be disappointed in them. There's so much fear out there. Anger. So many people struggle with anger. They can't keep their cool. They're so impatient. They're so upset all the time, and they just lose it at the drop of a, fa uh, of a hat, you know? Power hungry. There's some people that are just so power hungry. They have to have the control. They have to manipulate and control every single person around them or they're not happy. 
You know, that it's, it is all about the fact of controlling others instead of using the self-control that they need for themselves. It's all about just manipulating and controlling and, and puppet, you know, puppeteering other people, you know, make sure that they act a certain way and do a certain thing. And then how many of you guys struggle out there with laziness? I'm going to tell you, laziness is a big thing that you better get self-control on. Because you know what? You won't succeed. You won't make it in life if you stay lazy while you're young. You, if you stay that same way, you're not going to make it. You have to quit being a slacker, man. Quit sleeping in. Get a job. <laughs> so uh, are there situations that you know you should avoid? You know there's a situation that you know is not going to be good for you, and you know you need to avoid it. Like being on a computer late at night if you do struggle with uh, wanting to check out sites, seeing things that you know you shouldn't. Even a relationship that you know isn't good for you, but you know online if you're going to be on there that someone's going to instant message you, so you kind of like, you know, start to develop this, well, I'm going to stay on late so that you can kind of develop this relationship. You know, a lot of times it's just self-control. Do you really want to do that? Do you really want to let yourself be open to that? How about watching a certain show or a movie when you know it's not going to be good for you? I am really surprised by the people who claim Christianity and some of the stuff that they watch. It blows my mind. Because I'm going to tell you, it's not what God would want. Definitely not. And I'm not like a radical, like paranoid person about what to watch. We do have a television, and we do have a lot of things that you can watch. But, you know, the thing is, I, I just think that you have to, you know, put some boundaries up again. Exercise self-control. How about by being around a certain pe- group of people? You know, you're around a certain group of people. You know that they're going to cause you to be a problem. You know, like not listening. You know, because you know you're around a certain people and you're going to be a lot of talking and a lot of visiting and stuff like this. So there's no self-control. You can't listen, can't pay attention, can't sit still. You know? Uh, how about falling in the same ruts over and over and over again? Because you know that there's a certain thing that's going to trip you up, but yet you get wrapped up in the same people, same things, same situations over and over again. I'm going to tell you, self-control is majorly important. If you can't control yourself, good luck to you, and you're not going to make it in life. Not going to make it. You know, are there things in your life that you know you should be saying yes to, things in your life you know you should be saying no to? That's what's going to be the difference. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about self-control. Really, way more than I ever realized. First um, Thessalonians 5, 6 says, So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. So we have to be alert, paying attention. Not sleeping, not being a slacker, not sitting back, taking it easy. Titus 2, 2 says, Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Self-controlled. Titus 2, 6 says, Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. So we're supposed to be doing this. We're supposed to be teaching people to be self-controlled, control of themselves. Um, if you don't have self-control, like I said, it's going to be a real problem for you. So you do need to truly look at your life, and you need to see what needs to be changed about your life. A lot of people never really take that, special, that, that look. Like I said, you know, look in the mirror. See who you really are. If people are saying some things to you, stop and think, what are they saying to me? You know, if you're a person that they can't count on, every time they go to ask you something, they're like, you know, after a while, they quit asking you because they know you're not going to be the person who follows through. That tells you something about yourself. You're not trustworthy. You're not a person who can do anything. You know, most of us, like I say, we truly know um, when we're falling down on the job, when we know that we're not being what we're supposed to be. We know it. How many of you guys have ever really truly disappointed somebody? You knew you disappointed them and you felt it. You knew you didn't come through. It, it made you feel like, wow, I really let them down. 
If you really care about them and love them, you're not going to want to let them down. This is what I'm saying again now with your relationship with God. See, if you really know how much God loves you and you love God back, you would care enough to not disappoint God either. So we know our failures and flaws better than most anyone. If it is, we truly want to see it and we want to face it. But you have to pay attention. How about listing your weaknesses? You know, the thing is, Paul did that. Paul boasted about his weaknesses. It wasn't about strength. You know, our world is so prideful. It's like, well, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. You know, I can, I can hit every shot when I'm playing basketball. You know, I'm macho. I can do this. Or, you know, a girl saying, well, I've got the best job. I've got the best boyfriend. You know, don't talk about that, but list your weaknesses. Boast about your weaknesses, the fact that you do have failures and flaws, and the only way you're going to make it is with God's help sometimes. Think about them. You know, which things are they that you do that really hurt those people in your life? Hurt you, hurt others. You're causing other people to fail around you because you're not doing your job. It's not just about you all the time. Self-control, yes, it starts with you, but it doesn't end with you because there's people around you that are seeing the things that you're doing and you're causing problems with them. If you've got younger brothers and sisters, you're doing a bad job by letting them see this is what you do. You should care. What is it that's causing you the most trouble in your life? What about some choices you've made already? Man, I'll tell you, there's some messed up lives already. You're going to be, honestly, thinking about these things for 15, 20 years down the line. I can best believe, believe me right now when I tell you, 15, 20 years down the line, when you're married and you have kids and everything, you're going to think back to some of the things you're doing now and you're going to regret them so badly. Because you know what? You can't outrun God. God will make himself real to you, and at some point you're going to feel it, and you're going to think, wow, I didn't do that right. And you can sit there and say, you ain't going to matter. You know what? You are probably going to matter. You tell Right now it sounds like there's nothing. But someday when you know everything kind of hits you, you'll regret it. So the thing is, you're ne- it's never too early to start working on self-control. You're, you're never going to be too young to start working on control. You ha- self-control. You have to do it now. It, it really does start now. Um, now is the time you should begin to work on it. John Maxwell has another quote in a book, and we did this was in our book on leadership. It says, um, the best time to plant a tree is 50 years ago. The next best time is today. So not, why not work on self-control today? Why sit there and think, okay, my life's a mess because I've never done this, this, and this, or I've never really disciplined myself in this. How about today be the day that you start? Today be the day that you, tomorrow you'll have a day behind you. Why not start somewhere? You know, the thing is, there's always those people who have these great big plans. Like I said, every kid I know always wanted to be a marine biologist because they think that they're just going to go off and swim with dolphins, right? Every one of them is like, well, I'm going to be a marine biologist. You know, it's like, yeah, you are. You don't even know how to add. I don't think you're going to do it because you have to be somewhat smart. So the thing is, I don't think it's going to happen. You don't just swim with fishes. You have to know, and mammals, I know, they're mammals. I was going to get corrected on that one, I know. Um, but, you know, you have to start with something. You know, think about those great big plans that you have. What are you going to be? I mean, truthfully, I listen to some people over the years of doing this for seven years. I've listened to some young people come in here and tell me what they're going to be, and I look at their lives and say, no, you're not. I don't tell them that, but I'm thinking, uh-uh, you ain't doing nothing. You'll be working at McDonald's. Keep it up. That's all you're doing. That's it. Because there's nothing else happening. But the thing is, you know, you have to work on yourself. You have to start. You know, the thing is, start today. Don't wait till, t- till tomorrow. 
Start right now to start working on self-control. Make better choices for yourself. You know, self-control is going to help you reach the highest potential in your life that you can reach. If you start putting those boundaries on yourself, setting goals for yourself, ideas on what you want, and all of them bathe because of the fact that you love God and you're doing it to please him, not man, will make all the difference in your world. Also, like I say, it's not too early to start, but it's also start small. You don't have to have huge, big goals. You know, people that decide they're going to start to follow after God, they have this mindset because they've listened in churches, this idea thinking that, well, I'm going to really start following God. So they think, okay, now I got to read like 10 chapters in the Bible and, and I got to like go in this like prayer closet. I've never seen one. I don't know where they're at, but they all talk like this. We use these Christianese terms, which honestly, they gag me. I can't stand them. Um, sometimes, honestly, and if I have to hear one more t- Christian person say, let's touch base on that. What's touch base? I don't get that. Honest to God, there's so many weird statements. Every, every Christian person I know says it. Well, you know, we'll, 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 we'll t- catch up on that. We'll touch base on that tomorrow. I'm like, okay. But, you know, the thing is, start small. Read your Bible. A couple sentences. Every day, start small. You don't have to go in some room in a prayer closet and make a big thing. You don't have to get a shroud or light a candle. Just talk to God. It's no big deal. Don't make it a production. Just do it. You know, the thing is, what you are going to become later already is in the process of beginning. It already started. Who you are going to end up has already started because of the choices you've already made. It's important right now to train yourself in self-control just so that you don't be a complete failure in your life. It's going to be fun to be a mom or a dad when you, like, have nothing in your life because you've never, ever done anything worth anything. What's the point? You want to have someday have a great job and a career, then, you know, do the homework today to accomplish it. And I'm not talking about, like, big education because I'm going to tell you, I, I've listened to so many people. I actually read this guy. It's somebody that follows me on Twitter and, Guy's really interesting. I really like his, uh, his messages and the things that he's wrote. He's a journalist. But one of the things he's talking about is that when he was younger, his mom would always complain about the fact that he would spend so much time at church. And she said, you know, what you really should do is you should apply yourself in business because, you know, someday you've got to understand that me and your father, because of the choices that we made in business, we're able to help so many more ministries. Well, that's just really just stupidity because I'll tell you what, I, I would rather, I, I've said for years, I don't care, my kids, I, I really don't care. My kids probably could get a free ride to Harvard and I would have said, don't go. Because honestly, I, I realize the stuff that's around them with the liberalism and the mindset. I, I'm not as much worried about education as I'm their faith and their foundation of what they believe. And I think the reason why my kids are even following after God is because the fact is that they had self-control. They put boundaries up in their life about what they should allow, what they shouldn't allow. They made stupid mistakes. Both of them did. But they learned from them. And I didn't tell them they had to. And thankfully, they learned a little bit of lessons on their own and made their choices to change and make dis- different decisions for themselves. You know, they, they were not perfect. They made many choices that were dumb. But they started to do the homework and they started to accomplish the things that were important. The reason why both of them are in ministry today and working for God is because they started to work on things small when they're young. 
you know, when you come in a situation here, I have so many people a lot of times that in over the years that will say, hey, Deb, you know, I'd love to sing, you know, be up on the stage, or Deb, you know, I'd love to work in the media, I'd love to do this. It's like, you know what, show me that you're faithful. Start with the small things. Take off the garbage. It all starts somewhere. If you think you're too, too good for a job, it is, you're not going to be you know, asked to do bigger things. You have to start small. Show that you're faithful. Show that you're trustworthy. Show that you're going to be reliable, and I'll give you a job. Love to count on you. But you have to start now. People with self-control always accept responsibility, and people with, who accept responsibility will always make it in life. If you accept responsibility... If someone asks you to do something, you do it, and you show that you do it, you're going to make it. You will make it. You have to be responsible for who you are. You have to look at yourself and see who you are, and you have to say, what do I need to change? What do I need to change better? What do I need to give up? You know, there is a statement that says, we are today what we decided yesterday, and tomorrow we're going to be what we decided today. That's so valuable. What choices did you already make today that's going to affect your tomorrow? What choices did you make six, eight months back that's already affecting you today. I'm sure there's guilt. I'm sure some of you have guilt. Because I know I did. (laughs) I know I did. You have to start making better choices so that your tomorrows are better. That someday you can look back at today and you can think, this was the day I changed it. This was the day I made a better choice for myself. You have to quit blaming others for your mistakes and start accepting the responsibility for it. Accept the circumstances that you're in. Sometimes we're not given the best things. You know, you might not have the most supportive parents. You might not have money. You might not have this. You might not, you might not be that smart where you can get a Harvard degree. It doesn't matter. Quit playing the victim. Buckle down and do what you can do with what you got. You can change it if you decide to. I always say that with me. I, I was raised with welfare. My mom died when I was seven. My dad was never around. He was an alcoholic. You know, the thing is, you know what, God just wants us to accept responsibility. I never had anybody telling me I was great, that I could make it. Truthfully, I really felt like I had to tell myself. I I really did. I felt like I needed to be my own cheerleader to sit and say, you can do it. You're going to make it. You're going to do good. I had to do those things because I wasn't getting it from other people. I wasn't getting that encouragement. But you know what? It was a choice that I made that I wasn't going to live that life that other people were living. That wasn't what I was going to do. I wasn't going to work at McDonald's. Not that McDonald's is bad, because I'll tell you, I love B. I talk to her every, every morning. I pray for her. I love her. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's a real job, and you're working hard at it. But, I mean, I'm sure most of us don't really think about what you want to be in your life. It's like, well, I'm, my whole career is I'm going to work at McDonald's. Most of us don't do that. We do it because it's, we need a job, because we have to do it. I may be working at McDonald's soon. You never know. Truthfully. Um, but the thing is, we have to quit playing victims. We can't blame everybody else for our mistakes this world is victims you know you don't get something it's because you know the corporations are trying to get you keep you down you know and you know it's people get upset about something it's like well i can't make it because you know everybody's paid so much and i don't get paid that much everything's a victim mentality quit playing a victim deal with your circumstances move on we all have potential to be something more god's given each one of you special gifts and talents there's things that you can do that i'm never going to be able to do I can't sing. I can't dance. I try. Um, but the thing is, you know, I'm not good at them. I'm not good. There's certain things I'm not really, really great at. But 
But the thing is, I have to use what God's given me, and I have to try to use them for the way that I, I'm supposed to. So you have to practice self-control in all the areas of your life. And if you're struggling, you have to ask God for help. There's nothing wrong with saying, God, help me. Sometimes that's the most humbling thing, best thing you can do. When your life's falling around outside of you, things are all falling apart, life ain't working so good, all you have to do is say, God, help me. Ask for help. And you know what? I know the God that I serve, and he's going to be there to help you that quick if you ask him. Make good friendships. Seek people out who are going to be good for you in your life, not who are going to cause you problems and hinder you, cause you to be tripped up all the time. Stay away from bad influences, things that you know are not going to be good for you in the long run. That could be friends. It could be television shows, everything. You know, if there's something that's going to lead you down a, a wrong trail, you know, where your thoughts start going in a wrong way, like, you know, pornography, stay away from it. Try not to get there. Try not to let your mind go there. You know, quit being a bad influence. How about that? You understand, like I said, it's not just about you. Who you affect, you're responsible for. Sometimes you're the bad influence. Think about it. And set high standards for yourself. Why is it that we're so willing to accept so little? I'm going to tell you, I have great aspirations for me and my kids, for each one of you guys. I don't want just to be the same old people that are still in this mud and mire doing nothing. I'll tell you, I really hope and pray that within like 15 years, I can look back and you can see you guys and doing something like successful that you love, but also not just about what you do, but being happy and being fulfilled and really following God because it gives you hope. And you realize what real love is all about. Relationships that are healthy, raising kids that are in the right way that you're supposed to, that's what I hope for each one of you. I hope that each one of you make it. Don't think it's probably going to happen that everyone will. Statistics prove that it's not going to happen. Because, you know, truthfully, you play in the mud, you're going to get dirty. You keep playing in the mud, you're going to come out stinky, dirty, need a shower. Job 31.1, be like Job. Be like Job. Make choices for yourself. Job was a man of God. He says, I made it a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust upon a young woman. He made a choice himself. He wasn't going to do it. I'm going to tell you, if you ever watch the Duggars, the Duggars, there's a part where they talk about the fact that there's um, some of the girls would tell the boys they like hide certain things that they're not supposed to see because they don't watch television, but every now and then they're really, really radical about the television thing. Um, but there's certain things that they know the young boys shouldn't see, so they like tell you to do it. And uh, when we did our sex series, uh, you know, last, I think it was last February when we did it, we talked about boys bouncing your eyes, not looking in a spot sometimes. You know, if you struggle with sexuality that, you know, you're really drawn to that, girls showing everything, you know, a guy learns after a while not to look in that spot. Try not to look there. I mean, girls, do we not know what it's like to talk to a boy and the whole entire time they talk to you, they just look here? That's all they do? Sometimes you're like, hello, I'm up here, look here, you know? Because it's just one of those things. They're obsessed. It's an obsession. And it's like, girls, try not to, if you say you don't want it, then don't, don't flaunt it. Don't show it. Don't always be trying to trip them up. Boys, try not to look there. It's self-control. Accept correction. Be teachable. You know, if you can't listen to anything, you can't be told anything, expect your life to be a mess. 
it's going to happen. If you can't be told anything because you know better, you're never going to make it. You're never going to make it. You know, the thing is what's really, really amazing, this is what really blows your, is going to blow your mind. You don't have to make every mistake for yourself. You can actually learn from someone else's mistakes. You know, when you see somebody else go down a wrong road and, and cause their life to fall apart and be a mess, you can actually learn from them and say, hey, maybe I shouldn't do that instead of doing it yourself too. You know, instead of going and doing the same thing, you know, same mistakes, same problems. You know, you get a job, go to work. Don't miss call off 20, 30 times and then say, you know, I lost my job. I don't know what happened. Hello? You didn't go to your work. That's why you lost your job. I've had so many people come up to me and tell me all these excuses. Yeah, I didn't. I'm like, you didn't go to work. You slept. You didn't go. That's what it was. You wouldn't work for me that long. I'll tell you that much. Here, you guys know, anybody that works up here, you know there's high expectations. There's a high standard, and I think that's good. You should learn that there's a high standard for you. Don't you want somebody to think that you're worth something? I want to tell you, I, I would be sad to think that my kids didn't think that I expected them to make it, that I expected them to succeed because I wanted them so much to make it in life. If they really thought I didn't care that much to just let them just be whatever, I'm going to tell you, I, it makes me sad to think that some of these people out there that you guys don't have anybody that believes in you, that doesn't have anybody that thinks that you're going to make it and doesn't set a high standard and a goal for yourself. You should set high standards for yourself. Even if there's people not doing it for you, set them for yourself. There's nothing saying because you were raised in a household of, of people that never, you know, graduated from high school or never got a, you know, a better-paying job or never had a career or never did this. There's nothing saying that that means that's you. You can do better. I did. I did. I mean, it was nothing because of me. It was all Jesus. It was the fact that I actually, like, started to follow God and start to put him first. That's the only reason why my life is different. But learn from other people's mistakes. You know, you see somebody going on the wrong trail. You see that they're causing all these problems. Friendship's not going to be good, bad situation. You know, you know that this is a bad situation to get messed up with this boy or girl. Not going to be good. Don't go there. Second Peter 1, 6 says, Knowing God leads to self-control. This is what happens. See, it all, this is the steps that you go down. So knowing God leads to self-control. Self-control leads to patient endurance. Patient endurance leads to godliness. Godliness leads to love to other Christians. And finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more you will become productive and useful in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's ultimately what I'm here for you to talk about. Truthfully, do I want you to make it in life? Yes. But I'm going to tell you, I don't care if you have the best career. I don't care if you make the most money. I don't care if you have the hottest girl or boy on your arm. None of it's crap unless you have Jesus Christ. And that's just the truth. That's it. That's all. Because everything else is just waste. That hot person is going to get ugly eventually. The money you're not taking with you. The job, after a while, people don't ask you no more about where you're going to college. That's the hardest part. I feel so sorry for each one of you guys because I'm going to tell you that I hated that part of that life with my kids. Oh, what college are they going to? You go to the Y, and all I hear is about these women talking about, like, what school their kid's in or what they're doing. This. None of them have a clue about what's really important. 
He says, but those who fail to develop these virtues are blind or at the very least near are uh, short-sighted. They have already forgotten that God has cleansed them from their old life of sin. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those that God has called and chosen. Doing this, you will never stumble or fall away. And God will open wide the gates of heaven for you to enter into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's important. Self-control is important. Like I said, it's a guardrail. It's a wall. It's the first defense. And is it important? Yes, because First Peter 5.8 says, Be self-controlled. Be alert because you have an enemy, the devil, who roars around like a lion just waiting to devour you. I told you last week, selfishness is ugliness. You know, where last week you might be U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you're ugly. I'm going to tell you, if you don't practice self-control, you're dead meat. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're going to fall victim. You're going to be dead meat. And not just you, but people around you are going to start stinking like rotten dead meat too because you're not going to have nothing to offer them. Someday when you have kids, dead meat too. You got a heritage of dead meat. Nothing more. It's not what I want to be. I want to tell you, I lived a life. I have a family of that. I have five sisters, three brothers. You know what? The thing is, I don't want my life to be filled with just mediocrity and, and just, ugh. I want my kids to be so successful, successful in the eyes of God. You know, when I see you guys get it, when the light bulb goes on, and you actually understand what Jesus did for you, it just is the best feeling in the world to see that you understand. When I see that it doesn't, I'm going to tell you the human nature of me, sinful nature, wants to go up and really honestly just give you a good cuff on the head, say, straighten up grow up, mature. You're never going to make it. Do you understand? Within 10, 15 years down the line, I'll probably get a couple phone calls from you sitting there saying, you know, Deb, years ago, I know you told us this and I, you know, I never did it. And I'm going to like, yes, I know. Thankfully, now you got it. But why couldn't you learn from the mistakes of any people? Why couldn't you do it? Why? It's so frustrating to be this teacher of you guys sometimes. To see blank stares. I always said I never wanted to be a school teacher. I, I wouldn't because of the fact that, you know what, this to me, the reason why I'm passionate is because I know what Jesus does for us. I know the freedom it gives us. But sometimes I just like think, when are you going to get it? Sometimes the worst ones are the ones who've been raised in Christianity, the ones who've been fed it, lived it, breathed it, supposedly understand it, and you know nothing about it. You know nothing. It's just been something you were raised with, but you've never grasped it. You never understood it yourself, ever. You don't have a clue. Someday I hope you get it. Unfortunately, you're probably going to make a lot of people fall victim to your, I won't call them charms, but because of the fact that you honestly are the most dangerous thing, the most thing that God despises the most because you claim it or you are around it and you're a liar. And that's what's really dangerous. Anyway, I'm very passionate tonight, very angry. Um, I'm going to pray for you, because truly, the time is never um, up. Today is the day of salvation. God's word says that all the time. It says, don't wait for tomorrow, because today, whatever day it is, today is the day of salvation. You can always change it. Like I say, today is the day you can make the choice to practice self-control. Plant the tree today. Let it grow. <laughs> That's what I'm going to ask you, okay? 
Um, if any one of you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior, it's so simple. Like I said, you don't have to do it with me. I don't have to say some big prayer. All you have to do is call out to God and ask God to come into your heart and forgive you your sins and tell him that you're going to put him first. That's all you have to do. You can do it in your, at night by yourself. You can make that choice yourself. But it's not just to say the words, like I said. It's to start believing it in your heart and really, truly live it and mean it. So if you've never done it, if you want to talk to me about something, if you need prayer for something, come talk to me. I'm here for you. Um, otherwise, let me just pray for you, okay? Lord, we just thank you so much for everything that you do for us, Lord. I just pray that, um, Lord, some of these people, Lord, would get it, that they'd understand that self-control is so important, that we can't keep making the same stupid mistakes over and over and over again and think we're going to be a success in life. It's not going to work. Lord, we know ultimately the, the biggest success is following after you. And I know a lot of people don't get it. I know I didn't get it until I was 28. So I know, Lord God, that there's a lot of people that aren't going to understand what I'm even talking about. And you know my heart. You know I'm extremely passionate about this because I really truly do believe the time is short. And I just pray, Father, for each person that's here. I just pray that they would come to know you, Lord. Make yourself real to them. I just pray, Jesus, that there's something inside them, Lord, that would just really, um, that their hearts would be soft to your word. What was spoken tonight, Lord, we know your word doesn't go off void. It just continues forever, and we just thank you for that. I just pray that you work in people's lives here today. I just pray that you would help them, Lord, in their path, Lord God. And I thank you for everything that you've done here tonight, Lord. pray that you just continue to help us grow, and we just thank you for all the blessings you give us, Lord. We thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Need prayer? Come see me, okay? Otherwise, stick around for the theater. We have the uh, popcorn maker and some soda and candy. You guys can hang out.